This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. If you hadn't noticed when we first started here, um, based on Bill's voice, he's not from here yeah. originally. He's from here now. Yeah. Yeah, he's very yeah, Hamilton yeah, now. But yeah. but yeah. it got me thinking. My daughter is actually uh, going to be in England in a week or so from now. She's going to be oh. there when the royal wedding is on. And uh, she's going to the wedding. Well, she's not attending the wedding. She's mm-hmm. going to be lining up along with the rest of the riffraff along the route to catch a glimpse. And they were. She was going to be over. She's doing some traveling and was going to be there and in the in Ireland and said, "Oh, let's fly over and we'll anyway." Got yeah. me wondering, I mean, you that's your part of the world that you stem from, your family comes from there. The royal wedding is in a little over a week. Yeah. Is it still relevant? Do you still oh, think that it's relevant? Well, well, I I would like to say yes, very much. In fact, I think Queen Elizabeth II has had a flawless How how many years has it been of a reign? 60, 70? 60, she, must be she 70. got in 52, and it has been the most flawless reign. And believe me, every king and every queen through history has been far from flawless. Well, she had, she had the one... She had the one big hiccup, which was when Diane died. Well, that that she came across as cold slightly, and slightly, yeah. But still, but other than that, still, I didn't even think that was too much of a problem. I mean, it wasn't. But that was the only slight thing. It's been a great reign, and the royal wedding, great, great. You know what I find interesting about this, though, is that this. Okay, so when when Prince Charles got married to Diana back in 1980, 81, whatever it was, something like that, huge mm. deal, enormous yep. deal. Yep. And he was going to be the future monarch. He's still waiting for that turn. But anyway, uh, then when his brother gets married, when Prince Andrew gets married Prince to Andrew, Fergie, Fergie, it's like, yeah. well, okay, that was kind of okay. Uh. And But it was an afterthought, really. I mean, all things considered. So now Prince William gets married again, big deal and everything. But Prince Harry, for some reason, have, have we yeah, just changed as people? Because this Prince Harry is in the relative scheme of likely in, uh, heirs to the throne. He's a nobody. No, like he's, he's never no, going to be nothing, there. Nothing. Yeah, I, and and I don't see it being a big deal. They should. But, just, a, but they love it over there. This seems like it's almost bigger than Williams. He, he seems like really? he's more of a man of the people almost, or more of a down to earth. I don't know. Is that the impression? I you think get? they're just desperate for something exciting. I <laughs> well, guess because it's. It's like it's it's only Harry. I mean, big deal. Well, maybe because she's part black. Maybe, maybe because she's American. Maybe because she's a celebrity of her in her exactly. own right. Maybe that was it. There's a lot of different things that. I mean, she's a divorcee. I mean, there's a lot of parts of this that you could have never done. She's a 20, divorcee. 25, 30 years he ago. You shouldn't be marrying her. Well, that's terrible. That's very unroyal like. It Good really Lord. is. Very unroyal like. But why so why is it relevant though still? I mean, I I'm well, I'm an okay. agnostic towards the royals. I I I don't I don't dislike the royals. I uh, don't consider myself a monarchist. I'm somewhere in the fuzzy well, middle. Well, I'll tell you why I think it's it's relevant because the monarchy is almost like ambassadors to the world. Plus, the monarchy brings in so much money as far as tourism goes. They bring in more money than is spent on them. Like, people from around the world go to England on holiday just because of the monarchy. Absolutely. So many books get written that get people buy because of the monarchy. So many postcards, so many little trinkets. So much money comes in because there is a king or queen, and otherwise there wouldn't have been. Yeah, and it, you know, I, I've I told it's like my Mickey Mouse. It's, <laughs> it's basically like being Mickey Mouse in Disneyland. I know? told my daughter, I said, I don't want you to spend any money when you're there on me. I don't don't bring me home anything. 
unless you find a trinket that is so ridiculous from the mm-hmm. wedding somewhere that it's beyond belief. Then, okay, if it costs a few bucks, bring it home. I'll put it on my desk at work. If there's something, and there will be. There well, will like be something. a royal wedding underwear or something. Could be, or, you know, I, I, I can't even remember what some of the ones were. I remember when, back in the day, when Prince Charles and Diana got married, there was, there was royal everything. It was, you know, you could find anything, no matter how stupid. But I'm sure there was royal toilet paper out there that was yeah. being printed. I mean, that would be a cool gift. Uh, that that'd be great. In a weird way. No, I I like uh I do think that when Charles gets crowned it's uh, no one's going to show up. And I got nothing against Charles. He's fine, but it's like, you know, he's got only what a few few years left in him anyway. It's like now when <laughs> William gets crowned, that'll that's be a big deal. Be a big deal. I don't even it's been so long since we've had a coronation, since Britain has had a coronation. Since 1952. 1952 and th- the the percentage of people who are actually alive today uh, who uh, were alive then is a, a huge minority of the population. There's, an, uh, I mean, no. relatively speaking, there's not a lot of people who are old enough to remember that coronation. I don't even uh, remember. Do they, When the day comes, and hopefully it's a long time away, we're not wishing uh, ill on the queen, but when she does pass away, and that will happen someday. Someday, yep. Do they do it like three days later or is it months afterwards? Do we go through a period of monarchlessness? What, Scott, I have no idea. I don't know either. I, I have no no idea. Some of the great uh, 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 crownings was, uh, I think, James when he was three years old. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. The royal wedding is coming up with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And Bill made the point just before the break that uh, when I, I'm wondering about why the huge fascination with this, because Harry is, I mean, I, I can't even not, imagine the yeah. series of events that Plus would have he, to happen he's, he's for him to get the throne. face too. And, uh, well, you know, but there is a fascination with this. And I think, and, and I think you may have hit on something. If, well, a, that they, the, you know, it's, it's great just to have something exciting to do, but there is a fascination with the Royal still that I, I, I guess I sort of find surprising and sort of not. I mean, we love celebrities. In, yeah. In, we love, but, but yet yeah. people know, but people, a lot of times they don't love their celebrities to be seen as the elite and you can't get more elite than the Royals. No, no. I think a lot of those countries around the world that got, did away with their, 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 uh, kings and queens regret it. Why? But, well, I, because now they see England and they see all these tourists coming to England and they see all this pomp and go and all this grand stuff going on and I think they regret it. In fact, France, do you know that they found they managed to get the heart of the prince uh, of the king or of uh, when when Louis the Fourteenth or Seventeenth or whatever who was killed, he had a son. The son then died. They got the dried out heart. And they buried that heart, and they had a state funeral hmm. for that heart, and that was in the that was in the twentieth century or the nineteenth century. It was it wasn't long ago. It 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 surprises me again. Uh, half halfway surprised me. Halfway kind of doesn't. But again, we seem a much more casual society now than we used to. If you go out on a Sunday to church or you go to the show or you go wherever we don't necessarily wear a suit and tie we're very dressed down we're very casual and yet so you would think that we would not have interest in 
having this kind of pomp and this whole thing. But again, it seems like maybe it's a throwback. Maybe it's that one chance to do this. We, we well, seem to love the idea of this. It doesn't do any harm. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do any harm. It does more good than harm. And uh, yeah, no, no, I think it's... Uh, I think it's fine. I like it. I mean, uh, can it last forever though? I mean, you, you mentioned right off the top that Queen Elizabeth has been an exemplary monarch. She's very few missteps and by and large is pretty beloved by most over there, most people around the world. I mean, even if you're not a Brit, you, who who hates, who hates the queen? And everyone loved Diana. Everyone loves the queen. And I can tell you, I think most people are going to love William and- but is it, Catherine. is it only one bad misstep away from dying off or could the monarchy in this era survive well, if you had a, a monarch who was unpopular? Well, put it this way. As long as they don't have much power. Which they don't. They, ceremonial power. It'll be fine. However, if William is, this is my little theory. William is, will be so popular, maybe they can give absolute power back to the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, people don't like the prime ministers. The prime ministers are always screwing up, and most people don't like the prime minister. So we're going to give the power Half to the, the population king. doesn't like the prime minister. William might be so loved, I think, it'd give absolute power back to the monarchy. Okay. It will be, you know, it, well. So turn it back into like, you I'm know, not entirely sure that's going to happen. System. I'm not entirely sure that will be the case. Bring but back the feudal system. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, William can have absolute power again. It will be like the scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they walk around explaining that they are the king. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is... Um, well, I didn't vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> Who did? <laughs> it is. It is... The other part about this, though, that's going to be so interesting, I don't think that probably we're going to see... Well, definitely not in our lifetime, but another monarch live as long as the queen. No, never, never. We will, I mean, think of, we had a long stretch with uh, Pope John Paul where he was pope for a long time. And then in rapid succession, we had two new popes, but there were a lot of people that had never seen that before. It's because the only way you get to be pope, you have to be pretty mature and you, you you know, they're not going to give, be a Pope to some 20-year-old. That would be unusual. But most people had never seen, or many people had never seen the white smoke and the dark smoke and the whole process, and then all of a sudden you get two of them. We're seeing it every two months. We now are going to someday see a coronation that most people in their life have never seen before, but you're not, I don't think, going to see another monarch be queen or king for 70 years. Never. There will be people who may see two or three of these. Well, the reason Elizabeth II was in for so long is because she just so happened she was crowned when she was like 20 or 19 or whatever she was. Yeah. And has been healthy in modern science with, with modern medicine and everything. I mean, she, she started at the right time with all the advances in medicine. I mean, yeah. Had she been, had this been a hundred years ago, she may well have passed away 25 years ago. Oh yeah, she probably would have died from a tooth infection at the age of 23. And it sounds silly, but it's, it's true. It's it's so true. It's true. So we're going to see, or some people, I don't know if it's you and I at our age, but we're, people, kids alive now are going to probably see two or maybe three coronations in their lifetime, you would expect. Well, I I think William will probably live for a good while. You would hope? Yeah, you'd hope. You would hope? Uh, so. But that, uh, I wonder if that now, also... if William dies 
real quick, they have to give it to his his firstborn son. son. Yep. Wouldn't it be great if the firstborn son was like you know just so seven or something? I mean, I think it'd be a really terrific to see a seven-year-old again. Uh, it, it like James was three. <laughs> Can you imagine that coronation? Here's a three-year-old, you know, making messes in his pants and <laughs> running around and crying, and they're trying to put the crown on this little baby that won't stop crying and running around. That would, that would be one hell of a it would be it glorious would be ceremony. Eh? Slightly different from James, though, when he actually had power. Imagine a three-year-old who can say, off yeah. with his head, and it's like, okay, I guess yeah. we got to do it. The king said so. I know. They, yeah, they didn't get What do they say now if you're the king with absolute power? Bring me ice cream. Uh, okay, you get ice cream. You have they, a really fat king eventually. They didn't give the little tot too much power at the age of three, <laughs> alas. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. Well, let's talk about the past for a second, Bill, because Please, you have been... You have been, and not the 80s, it's way before the 80s, it might be the 1880s, I'm not sure, but you have been driving a campaign to honor a person, a woman who was from Hamilton, and this is something that, I want to talk about the whole idea of honoring people, but you have been the one leading the charge to honor this woman named Florence Lawrence. Yes, I, I found out about Florence Lawrence a few years ago, and I'm I'm so glad you've had me on your show, uh, Scott, because I really want Hamiltonians to know about Florence Lawrence. She and they don't right now, right? Most th- people don't. Most people have no idea who she is. I mean, even educated people who are into history and film don't know. Have never heard of her, folks. Florence Lawrence. She was born in Hamilton in 1886. She became the very first Hollywood movie star. And when and I liter- say literally very first literally and she moved to New York and made movies for Thomas Edison in 1906 and then she went to Biograph. Wait, is that for Thomas Edison Company or Thomas Edison the Man? Uh, no, no, Thomas Edison Edison Films. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, the film industry prior to Chaplin was all in New York City, everyone. Hmm. Biograph Company, Edison Films, all those companies were actually filming all those films, including, you know, the Westerns. It was all out of, in, in New York. Well, of course. Why wouldn't you hold a Western in New York? Well, <laughs> you, you just go across the Hudson River, and New Jersey was all like sort of country fields and stuff. But anyway, um, Florence Lawrence made almost 300 movies she had um, silent movies. Silent movies. She was the first time ever an actor or actress had their name in big on the screen because people came to the movies to see her. When they knew Florence Lawrence was going to be in the movie, they would flock to the movies. So she wasn't the first actress. She yeah, was just the she, first one who was recognized yes, for correct. her work. Okay. But but when she was starting, film was so. In its early days, it was almost like the Nickelodeons, really, where you just sort of put your head into one of those little visors and you see sort of some guy walking up and down stairs. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty pathetic. And and the movies were just really, really bad. I, but so Florence Lawrence was there from the beginning, and when she renegotiated her contract, because she was such a big star... The the film studio Biograph fired her, and they to save hi- money. Well, they were a little bit ticked off that she was negotiating with other film mm. companies. And and by the by then, by the way, folks, 
the film industry had moved to um, California, and she was right there. And but then they hired Mary Pickford, and, who everybody and knows. Everyone's heard of Mary Pickford. Florence Lawrence m- made movies for about o- well almost ten years prior to Mary Pickford. So how? And, and there's a lot more to the to the story. We yeah. don't have all the time to talk about it today. But go look up Florence Lawrence, um, uh, and you can read all. She's. I mean, she invented the windshield. Or the was it the turn well, signal or the windshield well, wiper? I'll get that to in a second. If you get any book about the history of films, Florence Lawrence is in the first chapter, right. and she's from Hamilton. So why do we not and, know about her? And the other cool her? thing is. Mary Pickford's from Toronto. She's from about 30 miles from Florence. Lawrence. So the two first Hollywood stars are from about 30 miles of each other. So why do we not know about Florence Lawrence then? That, well, that's the million-dollar question. I don't know. M- Mary Pickford became even bigger. I mean, she, she, she managed to carry on into when films became sound, when films carried on into... Uh, the next generation, she carried on. All of the silent movie stars pretty much all died out. This was all prior to Chaplin. Uh, you know, you know, we're talking about before Chaplin, folks, and uh, Laurel and Hard- Hardy, and, uh, and almost all those film stars died out. But she had tragedy in her career as well, though. She did. And, yes, and by the way, folks, she's not just the first movie star, but yes, she invented the turn signals for cars. Which is just a... a she <laughs> invented turn signals and brake signals, brake lights but for cars. But of course cars. she did. Yeah, well, of course. Well, of course, of course she did. Why wouldn't she? Why wouldn't she? And, if you, that's not, that's not all. Her mother invented the windshield wiper. <laughs> her mother was an inventor as well, also from Hamilton. Neither Florence or her mother patented it. Plus, her mother invented a way for glass, like binoculars, to not steam up. And she never patented. These are all great little inventions. They were. Yeah. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. We're talking about the 1880s before the break about Florence Lawrence. Um, again, huge star, unknown star around here today, but take a second or two. Uh, she, I mean, it went horribly south for it, her. It, it went, yes, it went awfully. But I do want to say that she was also the first star to get beat swamped in fan mail. Very first. Uh, people from just found her absolutely wonderful. They were constantly writing to her. And a lot of the silent movie stars fizzled out completely. Most of them were penniless by the 1930s and 40s, uh, completely like nobody's, has-beens. And, and Florence Lawrence, that happened to her. But why? Because, because, the- because once you got sound in, when f- movies became sound, uh, no one wanted, was interested in, in the, the silent movies. But didn't she suffer an injury along the way that kind of screwed up her? There career? was a fire in the studio, and uh, which was became Universal Studios, and she never got compensated for. She that. was burned. Yeah, she was burned, and it took her a long time to recover from that. Um, uh, plus, uh, um, I guess her husband. She she, she had a bad a s- series of bad marriages as abusive, well. Abusive, abusive she marriages. Had a, yeah, she 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 basically had a really sad life after. And and uh, f- just as we finish with this particular part of it, 
uh, how she ended up dying is almost beyond comprehension. It's bizarre. She committed suicide by eating r- ant paste. Like ant poison. Yeah. Well, they call it ant paste because it had arsenic in it or, or, or something. So, so, you know, I guess, I guess that's, you know, it's tragedy. But when she was buried... She was buried in the back lot of Parliament Pictures where they would literally bury actors who had no money and she had an unmarked grave. Is the cemetery grave. still there? Yeah, it's it's still there. It became overgrown. It was like right by the the gas fuel tank for fueling up the the, the movie vehicles in Parliament and uh it she had no uh, headstone. In the 1990s, Roddy McDowell found out that Florence Lawrence, the first movie star, was buried in an unmarked grave in the back lot with weeds and everything growing of Parliament Pictures. And he arranged to pay to have her a proper headstone. So... So that you have been nice. raised, you've been trying to get something to be done in the city. Are you, are you making any headway I, with this? Scott, this is... A, this is exciting, really exciting news. I, I, I've been talking about Florence on my TV show for a while, and finally we've, had, we've spoken to Terry Whitehead, the counselor. counselor. Yeah. He has now, he, he's now planning to have a Hamilton Walk of Fame, and the first plaque is going to be Florence Lawrence. That's, I mean, you know what? That's terrific. And and like anyone who listens or reads in the paper knows that I've been a big supporter of doing things like this. I think it's really important that we do these kind of things. We're we've mm. we're behind most cities when it comes to this stuff. We have the we have the Gallery of Distinction. That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, we have a Hamilton Sports Hall of Fame. But as far as a Walk of Fame or a, a something like that, we're behind most cities. It, it's it's important to do these things for people here. It, uh, and and people don't know there's some pretty cool people have come sure from Hamilton. Sure there are. Absolutely there are. And oh. we it, we're doing better. I want to say this that it a number of years ago well, I was pushing, and I wanted Harry Howell, who's a hockey player, for those who don't know, played for the New York Rangers. At the time, was the youngest captain in NHL history, played more games than anyone else in New York Rangers history, on and on and on. He's in the Hall of Fame. His numbers retired. Thought we should have something in the city for him. It, took a, it just took forever. It's getting better. The people who are making decisions in the city are doing way better now at recognizing there's value in honoring Oh. Great legends of this city. There's value in that. Yeah, there is. And by the way, folks, Florence Lawrence does more than a plaque and a walk of fame. Well, of course, we need a but park it's a, named but it's after. A start. We need a, it's, it's a start. It's exactly. a start. It's an it's Prior an acknowledgement to me coming along. I no one knew about her. No, I and mean, I bet you. Th- and there's other people must have known about her, but very few. I mean, none of the city councilors knew about Florence Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know, and I bet you there's and five. you're a smart guy. You know no. a history, and you didn't know. I bet Most there's five know. or ten other people that if you were to dig down into the history, not actors or actresses, but other oh. people who have done amazing things that we've sort of lost track of, I really think that it's one of those things, and I, as I say, I applaud the. There's a thing at the city hall called the uh, uh, the facilities naming committee, and this mm-hmm. is the group that is a subcommittee of city hall that has to na- suggest names, vote them through. Then it goes to city council and all the rest. They are doing much better now. They are yeah. doing much better. Uh. 
let's hope they continue doing it because it is it is something that is important that we make happen in this city. It's a good thing for a city to remember the people who blazed the trail and brought us glory and Absolutely. made us famous. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Something that is a little more serious. We, we okay. know that in the next few weeks, I can't remember the exact date now they're doing it. I think it's later in June. I have to look this one up. Uh, that Donald Trump and Kim Jong Oh, yes. are going to be getting together for a summit in Singapore, I think. Yes. Like that. And the Magnificent. Well, thing. and the thing about this, though, is that it seems in the past three or four weeks that Kim Jong-un, maybe the medication has kicked in or something, but he seems like he's willing to, he's walking across the South Korean border holding hands with the South Korean president, yep. and he's... Apparently, they are talking about tearing down, or they are saying that their nuclear facilities are being disassembled. Do you buy this, or, you know, it's when you've been this way too for... too good s- to be true. It seems like it, doesn't I, it? They're going to actually dismantle all their nuclear bombs and nu- nu- nuclear technology. I'll believe that when I see it. See, that's uh, my thought, too, and then I'm trying to figure out... But maybe out, they will. I don't know. Is it, is, so is it just playing possum? Is it just saying, okay, you know what? We're going to fool everyone into believing we're better now so we can get our trade going with the Western world again and revitalize our economy. I mean, that could well be it, I suppose. I don't think people are going to be able to fool Donald Trump. I don't think... I I think Donald Trump should get a Nobel Peace Prize They're talking about it. They're talking about it. There's no hope in heck of ever he, him getting a Nobel. He could uh, come up with a cure for cancer, and they still won't give him a Nobel Peace Prize. It but is. It is. I interest- think he should get one. Well, it's interesting. You're right. Let me go back. You're right. There is no chance that Donald Trump is getting a Nobel Peace Prize because the folks who make those decisions and the others would never allow themselves to stand there at a ceremony where he was getting a medal. However, 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 it is interesting that Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize like two days after taking office for doing nothing except for for being elected. Yes, he got it. But it, crea- it, it, it there is a there is a really compelling. You raised a good point because there's a really mm. compelling argument to create. If you want to have a fight at a cocktail party someday or around the dining room table, if Kim Jong Un, if this is really the new him, oh. and again I'm doubtful. I think it might be. But if it really is the new him, oh. and. The South Korean president says this is the result of Donald Trump's bluster and threats and everything else. Mm -hmm. If this is really the new him and there is going to be peace in that region, is is it is it crazy to say Donald Trump had something to do with that? I think it's. I don't think it's crazy at all. A lot of people will say it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think. I think. God bless Donald Trump. Well, the method, if if in fact this I'm going to get in so much trouble after this show. So, uh, never before has anyone ever said on public radio, God bless Donald Trump. If this him. is working, if this is in fact true, and again, I, I have my doubts, but if it is, the methods through which Donald Trump would have created this yeah, piece yeah. was uncommon, unusual. You know, not the way that you would no, normally no. go about you it. Usually, doesn't start with peace talks by starting off by a threatening 
uh, insulting somebody, calling him Little Rocket Man, doesn't usually end off with peace talks. No, and threatening to obliterate them off the face of the planet. It usually ends off much worse than that. But... It's a, it is a really interesting, because again, we go back. The question I started with was, it, do you believe that Kim Jong-un, the new look Kim Jong-un is the real, and, and. By the way, I love his look. I like that hair. Well, I, when I, yeah, he, he could probably use a new look for the new I look. Will, I want that hairdo. It's, he's, it's kind of like he's moved his whole head upwards because he's got the sideburns they're there but they're two inches above his ears it's like a helmet that's too small it's like it's just pushed for upwards no I, no i think i think we're on a good start obama said to trump your biggest threat to worry about is north korea and he was right i six months ago i was going around thinking there's going to be a nuclear war i was really getting ready for a nuclear war and now I think it's the threat's well over. Well, I don't know if it's over. I, I, I maybe I'm a I mean, pessimist. maybe there'll be wars from other countries, but I don't think there'll be. From well, we had a, a, an expert who was on this show. He's a he's a several months ago who was an expert in the Korean Peninsula and political situations, and he pointed out, and I thought it was really interesting, that when North Korea is building their nuclear missiles, and the states and everyone's saying, well, should the states go in and bomb them? The problem you have is North Korea had something like, I don't know the exact number, but it was something like 40,000 pieces of artillery pointed at Seoul, which is only 25 yeah. kilometers away. So if the states were to have bombed North Korea, mm. it's not the states that pays the price for this. No. They're not getting hit. No. South Korea gets blown off the yeah. face of the earth, yeah. and no country is going to attack someone who's then going to uh, eliminate yeah. your ally. Yeah. So it, you're in this strange showdown where you're not really showing down with each other. No. Yeah. But so I, I don't know if I thought there was going to be a nuclear war, but I am just I am I'm fascinated by this new friendly s- happy smiling Kim Jong Un who seems to just yeah, be now looks, trying to schmooze the world. He looks friendly, doesn't he? He, lo- he looks kind of like a little playful little child like he, you know, you'd like to sort of Play, uh, th- toss a ball to him and play <laughs> some catch. Well, that's what he's trying to look like. I, yeah, absolutely. Toss him around and play catch with him. I'll see. I will be, I will be willing to believe that he is actually changing his stripes. I think so. When think so. all those weapons that are pointed at South Korea begin to get disassembled, yeah. that that to me, you can say, oh well, you know things are fine. We're not going to blow up the states now. All the rest are. That's all fine, but when you disassemble the stuff that is threatening your neighbor, then I will say, okay, now I believe that maybe you're actually he following through. He should sell all of his nuclear technology and all his weapons, some to Iran. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. That eh? would be terrific. Yeah, yeah maybe Iraq. Absolutely. Why not do Iraq or Syria? A- absolutely. They, they should buy I think Iran could get it all for half price right now. Yeah. Yeah, have, sort of have a garage sale. Well, yeah, when 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 the folks in Iran start behaving like Kim Jong Un, then you know uh, that the world has switched on its axis. Now we're in different. Now, now Trump solved one problem, but there may be another problem. Iran now. What's going to happen with Iran? Well, the, I mean, the, the world is a dangerous, scary place filled with people who, yeah, who are uh, out terrified. to hurt pe- other people. But actually, when Trump got in, Iran was a problem. Iran's been a problem for ages. Of course ages. it has. So it's not like this is a new problem. This is 
this isn't a new problem. It's just it was always there. I I I cannot. I, I'm I'm just so fascinated to be watching this Kim Jong Un story only because, for, well, since his father died, he has been the tiny, crazy dictator, psychopathic despot, killing his own people. And none of this is. I mean, it may sound somewhat humorous. There's no humor in this no. at all. The, the the torture of his people in the prison camps and the hard labor. And remember that, oh. that American kid that went over there and, oh, and yeah. was sent home basically dead. Warm bear or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Auto Warburger or Warm yeah. Bar. There's nothing funny about this. And yet somehow it just seems you're right. He's, he's trying seems... now. He's become this different person. I just don't know if it's legit. Do you know, I saw this documentary about Kim Jong-un's dad, Kim Jong-il. He was a complete nutcase. Do you know, there was no film industry in North Korea, so and the father really wanted there to be a film industry in North Korea. So he goes off, kidnaps a film director out of Hong Kong, a famous film director, brings him in there, and then he wants a big movie star, this is similar to what we're talking about, Florence Lawrence. But he then kidnaps this famous movie star in Hong Kong, drags her back, and makes them make movies. Isn't that nuts, eh? Well, you know. They're I, lunatic. And I, so I, here they are I making movies. He didn't get his hands on Steven Spielberg. I, I know, I know. <laughs> he could have done better. But, you know, he's he got Hong Kong's best director and and, and I guess a movie star that... Kim Young Il had a crush on, and they they started making movies, and after all this, North Korea still doesn't have a good film industry. We'll see. Well, I, I I just sort of expect that we're going to wake up one of these days, and Kim, as I say, the meds Kim will have Young. worn off, and he'll be back to his usual self, threatening to blow I up know. the world and and you know do all these other things, and 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 then we'll say, well, that was interesting while it that lasted. Was, yeah, that it didn't. It, can I ask a question? Of course you can. Kim Young Un and Kim Young Il is the last name Kim Young and the first name no, Il. No, just Kim. Kim, very common Korean but then, name. But Young is the middle name, or what is it? What's their first name? Like, you know, their buddies say, hey, Il, hey, Un. <laughs> that, see, that I'm not really so sure. So it's Kim Young Il is the dad. The Kim last Young name is Un Kim. is the son. So what do they call each other? See, I think, I think it may, it well, Il you know what? I'm going to have to look this up in the commercial break. I oh. think it may be that Kim, well, Kim is the last name. Kim Young. Young Kim might be son of. Son of. And then it's, so I'm not really sure. I'm well, going to look that one up. I, no, no. It must be the first name is Il and o, o, Un. Must we, be. we will look that up. We'll take a quick break while I do some Korean research. Yes. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Fascinating story today. Mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs hire a guy named Kyle Dubas today to be their general manager. 32-year-old kid. Most people were looking at 32 years old. What was I doing at 32? It wasn't running the biggest sports franchise in Canada, certainly. And it got me wondering, you know, he is young, he is youthful, he has vigor, he has creativity, he has new imagination, new ideas, all this thing. But how important is light in life? How important is experience compared to all those things? Because that's one thing that, I mean, he has some. 
He's not. He's not yeah. right off the uh, right out of school. Yeah. Yeah. But how important in your mind? How important is experience when you're taking on something in life? And how much can you just get by on new ideas and energy and enthusiasm and creativity? Well, I think when you're in your thirties, you've got a bit of experience. It's not like you're just right out, right out of high no, school. No, relative to most other people who hold so, this kind of job, he's about 20 years younger. Yes, but being young, you've got a whole different type of uh, sort of drive. You, 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 you may look at things a bit differently. So I don't think, uh, just because someone's that young, I, don't, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. And not just in this one. I mean, okay. I, I would say if you're, if someone runs for politics when they're, 25 if yeah. someone is a if someone is a prodigy or you know a genius a savant who can get through university when they're oh. 19 and go to medical school do you need to be old do you need to have life experience for these things or well, or I think you should be older than five <laughs> I think <laughs> older than King James yeah 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 I think if you're five you probably don't have enough experience for for running was an NFL is N- it NHL yeah or NHL. being a doctor or being yeah. a yeah so I think they were right to uh give somebody with this the old the old age of 30 does it change have we have we at all changed because there was a time when clearly you would not have given a job like this to no. a guy but have we changed as a society where we're now we I think we are much more willing to give younger people When I was 30 I would have been absolutely hopeless I would have been a mess at running uh You and me both the NFL I think most of us would. Yeah, I think most yeah. of us, to be put in charge of a huge multi-billion dollar company, we'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a mess of that. <laughs> I'm going to completely but scramble this, that egg. This guy may be so wise and so smart. Oh, he's very good. He's, v- he? he's, he's acknowledged by everybody to be uh, exceptional at this. But it, I, I, here's what I'm thinking about this, that... The first time he makes a move, either signs a player or trades a player or whatever else happens that blows up in his face, the first thing that's going to be said about him is, oh, that kid. That D- didn't have kid. the experience, just made a mistake. Now, he could I... make 35 great moves prior to that, but the first time he makes a mistake, it's going to be, oh, they that... should never have given that job to a 32-year-old. I know, that kid, he... He's he's supposed to be at home. He's going to miss his 8 o'clock bedtime story. <laughs> his, his nanny has, has to run his bath for him. He's supposed to be doing his uh, grade school exams. How do we get... I mean, should we get around that? How do we get around that then? Or is it just something that we, it, we're always going to have because as we get older, we get more pompous about our experience yeah. and therefore any kid is just that young punk kid who doesn't know what's going on. Is that, that's just... That's always been the way, right? I'm sorry, Scott. I'm still just laughing at the thought of him having a nanny that reads <laughs> bedtime stories to him at night. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, this is always... But that's true. We, this has always been the way in society that when you reach a certain age, whoever is younger than you, no matter what age you are, whoever's younger than you can't possibly be good at what they're doing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I really look down my nose at anybody younger than me. <laughs> well, it's... Yeah, it's, it's true. We do, it's though. True. We do. We do. We do. If we see a... If poli- somebody's even two weeks younger than me, I think, you know, you're well, a, You must be a real idiot, eh? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It is... um, No, it's sad. It's sad, folks. 
I, you don't become wise and smart until you get to my old age. Well, now, hold on a second, because there are... By those the are, way, I'm only 34. Yes, and those are two different words. Wisdom <coughs> and intelligence are two different things. They sometimes get blended together, but those are two vastly... You can be a brilliant person yeah. without a shred of wisdom. <laughs> I know that. And you can be very wise and be yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's, it's true. Well, it's, it's, it's like being a mad professor. A, a mad professor is somebody with zero wisdom but huge intelligence. I mean, right. look, how many doctors, oh. and I don't know how, hopefully you haven't had to deal with many doctors, but there are some doctors who have wonderful bedside manner who you, you yeah. know, they come along. I don't know who, if they are the best doctor. Who, who completely don't know what they're doing. No, but, I wouldn't but, say but that. Because they have such good bedside manner. You're willing to buy They're it. They're now a doctor, but even though they've never been it. to medical school. But as long as you've got bedside manners. But you could also have someone who is a genius doctor who comes to talk to you when you're having your treatment or whatever else, and you're thinking, this guy's a, this guy's a jerk. He, I, he won't even talk to me. There are, there are differences between smart and right. wise. You're, no, no, you're and so I don't true, know, can so you... True. So here, here's the more tricky part. You can yeah. be young and brilliant. Yeah. Can you... Ha- is it is easy to be young and wise, or does wisdom only come from experience? This is a deep question. That you didn't know you were getting into the deep waters Boy, when you came here today. I am flabberg- By the way, folks, I am practically a doctor. <laughs> I, I, I have taken my first aid. I've got my first aid training and CPR. That makes me pretty much a doctor. Eh? I don't even want to know I'm what branch of medicine doc- you would say you're operating I in. have CPR training. I do, it took me a half a day. I got my certificate. So I, I am now practically a doctor. Eh? Eh? I, I'm not even sure where to go with that. Yes, I, I'm not even sure I am where truly, to go with that I am one. truly, I'm, not, I'm like an idiot savant without the savant part. <laughs> You're half right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, by the, hey, I, do you want to hear one of my words of wisdom? I would like to, did you bring some words I, of wisdom I, today? I, I, d- I wanted to be prepared, folks. I, I've, I've written down these. Uh, some. So these are not words of smartness. No, these no. are words these, of wisdom. These are. This is what we're talking about. These are wise words from I, a man who has life experience. I came up with these brilliant little expressions. First of all, okay, here we go. <clears throat> if you haven't found yourself by now, go look for somebody else. <laughs> Okay, true. And if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and then give up. (laughs) See, I really like that one because that fits with my my, my ethic. It's true, really. It really is true. Like, you know, you can't just keep trying it again and again and again. You've got to give up sometimes. Oh, it doesn't, you know, if I have a job to do around the house and I am not handy at all, I I would say try if at first you'll see that's one try, then try, try again. So three tries and then seems to me to be a up. sufficient amount of effort and then hire someone. Plus, Scott, <laughs> here's one for you. Don't put off until tomorrow when you can do it the day after. <laughs> right? that is, you know, I'm, I'm making notes of this one. Yeah. That, is, that is kind of procrastinating exponentially. And, okay, 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 one more. One more. <clears throat> Be yourself, because if you try to be somebody else, chances are that person will come along and do it better. See, that is deep and actually yeah. very true. Yeah. That is very true. Now, that's it. folks, be yourselves. I don't know that anyone could be Cadillac Bill other than yeah. you. Don't try to be me, because I'm going to do it way better. And I'm not going to try to be you, 
because you are going to come along and do it better. This is like what would happen if Mr. Rogers had been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> These kind of things. Kids, be yourself. Only be better than... Yeah. All right. Let, we're going to take a break. When we come oh, back... Oh, one more. Oh, yes, please. If an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away unless you throw it real hard at someone's head... There you go. Words of wisdom from by Cadillac Bill. Words of yes, an apple a day keeps the doctor away unless you whip it at someone's head. That's good. Real hard at someone's head. Real hard. All right. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from six to eight only on 900 CHML. The question that Bill asked Cadillac Bill is in studio. Brilliant. Before that, about what is Kim Jong Un's first name? Well, Kim is his last name, and Jong Un is his first name. So when Donald Trump meets up with him, he should say, "Hey, Un." Hey, Jun Un. Uh, Jung Un. Well, is that how we should no, say? It? No, no, you pat him on the back. Say, "Hey, buddy, Un." I, well, yeah. uh, you know what? Again, uh, we'd have to get our Korean etiquette expert etiquette. in here. You know what I was thinking? Well, it'd be great. Donald Trump should have the same haircut as Kim Young Un <laughs> when so he shows up to show his respect. He should he should just go in there with the exact same haircut. I think Kim Jong-un would be very impressed. I think he'd be very touched. He really yeah. would. Yeah. All right. So uh, this morning, there were a number of places. So we know that, uh, let me back up. We know that we are now all, anyone who owns a cell phone or a smartphone is yep. going to be, you, you don't really have a choice. In fact, you have no choice. You're going to be getting emergency updates, emergency alarms. If something is going on, there is some central place in the world or in Canada, or I don't even know where, how this is working, where I guess if there's an amber alert or if there's an earthquake or if there's a fire or if there's whatever, well, that you will be getting there's updates. There's a sale on a big edge. Yeah, let's hope not. So anyway, this is this is this is not just here though. This is all over the place. And this morning, people all over Canada and the states, not in this area but out west, received a tsunami warning on their oh, warning yeah. system. Now remember, yeah. this is not the first time because wasn't it, it was Hawaii that was expecting the the, the incoming missile yeah, attack yeah. a while ago. And you know, Bill, there is a part of me that says this sounds like it's a good idea that we can have a an alarm system so that everyone knows when something really bad is going to happen. At the same time, then, I'm thinking to myself, how many false alarms do we have I to know. have before everyone, when the real one comes, we have the crying wolf scenario where we just go, oh, tsunami, yeah. whatever. I, I, the technology is a wonderful, wonderful thing until it isn't. Well, a few days ago, they had that thing. I had my phone by, by me. I was so excited. Five to two. It was going to be, do you remember? Yep. Nothing came Nothing through. Nothing happened. There was no, no emergency. I Not even like a fake emergency. I was I was like, whoa, this is great. <clears throat> and nothing happened. It was biggest disappointment. These, th- if you're go- if maybe you're I need to get a life, eh? Well, if you're going to have a system I, like this. I live this, a pretty boring life, if that's what I was looking forward to. If you're going to have a system like this, you don't get many chances to get it right. No, if it's, you don't. Because, again, look, how many times have we had weather reports here and elsewhere that enormous snowstorm is coming. We're going to have the snowstorm of all time. And then we get a light sprinkle. And you know what? We had the big ice storm and they were correct about that one. But so often now people are going, oh, they're not going to get it right. Well, Scott, I actually think weather forecasts do more disservice to society because I go out when it's bad, when it's storming, because I have to go out sometimes. But they're telling us to stay in. 
<clears throat> and plus, you know what I don't like about whether people... Should they people, not tell you to stay in? No, they're saying to stay in, folks. It's going to be really bad. And then it's not. Well, sometimes it's bad, but sometimes it's not. But you still have to go out. Right. Like, this is Canada. If it's snowing, we still have to go out. So don't tell people to stay in when some people have to go out. The other thing I don't like is when they're giving their opinion, like when it's hot and sunny, that's nice. I like it when it's cool and cloudy. And I'm not being funny here. I'm serious. I like it when it's cool. So why are they giving their opinions saying, oh, it's beautiful day out, yet tomorrow's not going to be so good because it's going to be only five degrees and overcast? We don't need their opinions. Are you part vampire? <laughs> I you just don't, don't like to like be out in the, the direct heat, sunlight. Scott. I don't like the heat. And, you know, I like a little bit of rain, too. Just well, a little it's bit. Well, the accent gives that away. Yeah, just a touch of rain. But for these or, these warning signals, you know, we're, we're almost, they haven't even fully got them figured out yet, and they're almost at the point where if there's a real one, they're going to have to actually send one that says, real one. Really this is serious, a real one. We're not kidding. Folks, we're not joking this time. This one's for real. I mean, and they're going to have to have a whole screen of just caveats please, saying, please pay attention. Please. This one's real. For the love of God, the last one was just a joke. This is <laughs> not, right. this is real. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> oh, please. All right. We're going to take one more quick break here. And when we come back, I Tsunami told coming and big sale at Big Ed's. <laughs> You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. The definition, or at least the criteria on which someone can call themselves an expert, I suppose is up for discussion, is up for debate. Anyone can call themselves an expert on anything. I remember I heard the definition once of an expert or a specialist as someone who learns more and more about less and less until they know everything about nothing which is a very good description of it. But anyway, yep, this yep. doctor, a sexuality expert and educator was on Australian TV yesterday or today. I've, I, with the time difference, I don't know if it's yesterday or today. But anyway, she's it's on tomorrow, TV. Tomorrow, Or think. tomorrow. Maybe she was on. She's on TV tomorrow. Yeah. She's on to talk about stuff relating to her line of work. And somehow the discussion morphs into babies. Now, I'm not sure how it got to babies. Mm-hmm. But it got to babies. So you've got a sexuality educator who is now talking about babies. Yeah, makes sense. Not really. Okay. But anyway, okay, yep. and then the discussion goes completely off the rails because she, with a straight face, absolutely serious, tells the host that when you want to change your infant's diaper, uh-huh. you should receive consent from that infant before you do it. So that it's not seen as any kind of sexual movement. So that child has control of their body. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I've had infants. If I'm waiting for consent (laughs) from them, they are going to have a dirty diaper for a long, long time. Like verbal consent. Does that mean writing? There's a baby can write it. So essentially, she says, when you go to change the diaper, here's a direct quote. When when you go to change the diaper, she says, quote, I'm going to change your nappy now. Is this okay? 
Well, of course the baby isn't going to respond, but if you leave a space and wait for body language and make eye contact, then you're letting the child know their response matters. That was her quote. So even if they can't say, yes, mommy, please change my diaper, as long as you make that eye contact and have that nonverbal communication so that child has given you the okay to change the diaper. Would the fact that the kid is probably screaming because their diaper is dirty not be their form of consent? And, uh, you know, look, uh, people have said stupid things many, many times in many, many places. The idea that a child must, an infant, must offer consent for a diaper to be changed or else it may be sexually inappropriate or at least they've lost control of their body. We may be venturing into new wacky territory. You know, here. Scott, the next time my nanny changes my diaper, <laughs> I am going to. She, if she doesn't ask me, I am going to seriously be. I'm going to sue her. Well, next time someone tries to change my diaper without my consent, there's going to be a lawsuit involved here. The funny part about this, and, and while uh, there's very little funny, because there are actually people, I'm quite sure, who will support this idea and think that this is brilliant and this is the new modern way to do it. It's not. But anyway, the crazy part about this is if you're a parent who actually thought, you know, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try following her advice and you lay your baby down who is three months old and you say, okay, I'm going to change your nappy now. And you try to make eye contact and the baby is either asleep or is rolling around and the baby doesn't make that eye contact. You don't have that connection. You go, well, I guess we're just going to wait until you come through for me. And four hours, eight hours a day later when that dirty diaper is still on and children's aid shows up at the door, you know what? You're going to be in trouble for not looking after well, your baby. Maybe by the time the baby gets into the fifth grade, he will finally be able to uh, <laughs> give a, a sensible response. Oh, I just... I so am, he'll finally get his n- nappies changed in fourth grade. How do we... How do we... How do we designate Heck, people as that's experts? That's nothing. People don't want to uh, associate genders with their kids until their kids decide themselves... By the time they get into their teens or, or whatever. Well, that's a, that is a, that, that's a topic. That's uh, a that's whole a, different... But uh, this one, the idea that somehow your infant is supposed to give you the okay to change their diaper. This is the new world, I guess, in some places. Yeah. I would... Here's one thing. I would not want to be that woman's child. No. I would not want to be that no. woman's child. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Cadillac Bill, I really appreciate you coming in today. Thanks for doing this. Oh, uh, hey, I've got one more little word of oh, wisdom Oh, yes, please. Here. Only one? Well, I, yeah. There's all a, right. I, there's a few words. They're all strung together in order to create a sentence. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is something I came up with. I'm just too much of a skeptic to believe that all conspiracies are untrue. I'm too much of a skeptic to believe that all conspiracies are untrue. That one, That's you're going to have to. You're going to have to uh, sort of bathe in for a while to fully yeah, appreciate so, that one. So marinate in that so, one. So, so, so if anyone says, you know, the, these conspiracies are not true, they're, they're they're all just conspiracies. You say, well, I'm too skeptical to say to believe that. You know, you, that you're right. Cadillac Bill Show. Um, again, it's on at 
It's on cable it's 14. It's on at different times. Flip the channels. All over the place. All over the map. Go look on your guide on your TV, and you'll find one. And set the PVR if you're not up that late. Or you can go on YouTube, or type YouTube. in the Cadillac Bill Show, and there's 60. 60, 60 episodes. And soon biting thrilling tear-jerking episodes of the Cadillac Bill Show. And soon to be available on 4K high def on DVD sets in Australia. In all different languages. And Japan. Japanese, French, German, and Chinese. I'm going to want one of those box sets of Japanese Cadillac Bill Shows. The Scott Radley Show. The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.